Thank you for showing up in the place where we come together and sit in circle and share the stories that inspire us. Get ready to enjoy this next powerful journey outdoors in nature. Hey, adventurous soul, you are in for a treat. (laughs) I'm sure I probably say that every time, but I do mean it. Today I have Jono Goss on and he's a salty dog through and through. And it's really exciting to hear him share a story where he is so in tune with the moment of sailing a boat. There's phosphorescence, there's moonlight, there's dolphins. And also we go into bits about acknowledging the land that we're on, why we do it, uh, acknowledging the land that he is on and the area that he feels really connected to. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful talk and I really get the opportunity to tap into a lot of wisdom that he holds and he now shares through Blue Peter Australia. So you're in for a treat. Hey there, thanks for joining. We have, I'm very excited about this conversation because I have no idea where it's going to go, which you've also probably noticed if you've listened to any of these other podcast um, podcast episodes. But currently I am in a container that is storing all the gear for Blue Peter Sailing School. And I am lucky enough, and this has taken me a long time to get you here. I'm lucky enough to have Jono join us where we get to hear one of his powerful journeys that he's had in nature. I mean, I feel like his whole life is a powerful journey in nature, so finding one story might be a bit tricky. Hmm. Uh, but even before we get there, I actually just asked Jono quickly, what what land are we on? This is something that's actually coming through me of wanting to identify the land that we're on, and not just because we should, but because I'm starting to feel really connected with the land that I'm on and connecting with the spirits and the energies and you know all the, all the jujus, the air, yeah. the earth, whatever it is. Um, and then you actually were a little bit unsure. That's right. And the deep history of this area is, um, I know the Kwandamuka Nation uh, is also on the mainland, but I'm not sure how far inland. So we're just five minutes uh, drive from the from the coast. And so it's probably right on the edge of the Yugambeh Nation to the south and the Jaguaro Nation to the to the northwest. Yep. And um, Kwandamuka to the east. Yeah, and so we're like in Moreton Bay region still, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, that's right, Redland Bay. And where do you find your information as to what land that you're walking with? Yeah, just through local contacts and, okay. um, yeah, just the, um, I guess, the official information that's out there as well um, mm-hmm. about the Kwandamuka Nation. Yeah. That's really our main operation is on the, on the waters and the land of Kwandamuka country. And so then do you have a relationship with the elders and the caretaker, the traditional custodians of that land? Yeah, not so much the elders, but uh, yeah, some of the cultural workers yeah. um, that, uh, that we've um, uh, um, had relationships with over the years. Yeah. Um, and is it something you've wanted to do, like to be in touch with the elders? Is that something you've tried? Yeah, absolutely. We've, okay. um, yeah, always, uh, um, yeah, I guess... There's scope for trying a lot more. Yeah. I, I, um, I am about to go into talks with Kwandamuka um, and National Parks in particular about our relationship with, with the country, um, which is going to be great. Mm. Um, so there is yeah. something that you're quite passionate about, including that in any of your trips oh, or absolutely. just your life in general. Yeah, that's right. But you found it's a, 
is it confusing? Is it challenging? No, to be honest, I just think it's a a, a slow, organic process of mm. um, uh, getting to know people in a in a way that's not um, uh, forced or you know like um, yeah I um, I know quite a few of the fellas over on Minjerabar and um, and I've met them on Mogumpin as well, which is uh, wonderful to um, you know have conversations in the environment mm-hmm. um, rather than over the phone and the email, which we also do, mm. um, lining things up and um, organising um, some of the little cultural things that happen on our programs. And I think there's scope for a lot more. We've just added, um, for example, to our um, standard offerings to, to schools and things like that to actually have a cultural worker come in and and um, and give a presentation from that perspective rather than what we've always done is acknowledging country and mm-hmm. you know, um, telling stories from what we understand the history mm. to be. But that's um, that's not as uh, real as hearing from the people yeah. themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I really value the way that you show up for that and you just seem to approach it as like always a learner. You're like, I'm, I'm doing the best I can and I realise that I'm still learning, but you still take the step of vulnerability of trying to implement it and trying to talk to people. And it's like, did I say the wrong thing, the right thing, whatever it is, but you're still like, I'm still here, guys. I yeah. still want to hear it. Yeah. It's important to me and I really value that and see that in you. Oh, it's a really powerful opportunity, I think, because, um, you know, the boats that we sail and the medium that we use is very much a symbol of uh, European uh, colonisation and settlement. Uh. You know, the sailing is the way that uh, white people got here. And um, and that would have been a lot of the first encounters would have been seeing the sails coming yeah. coming over the horizon. And and um, what I love about the this present moment, and, I, uh, you know, it's just, oh, we could really explore that moment of present and past and future mm-hmm. you know from an Aboriginal perspective mm-hmm. it's all the same right mm-hmm. and um and and um the things that have happened recently like there's this uh yearly event here uh Flinders Day they recreate Flinders Landing on Coochie Mudlow Island okay and it's a bit of pageantry you know we sail our boats up and down and okay. Flinders sails ashore uh, rows ashore in his uh uniform and okay. uh, recreates the, the little moment and in recent years the Kwandamooka people have come down and sung and danced and welcomed oh, him ashore. Wow. And that is really, um, I think, you know, the whole community has just been gobsmacked by this um, evolution. I feel teary when, even when I hear that. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I just feel that more and more, you know, that we're all here together and, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're, we're doing our best on country to care for country as custodians and, and, yeah. and acknowledging the past in a way that it hasn't been done for generations. Yeah. Yeah. I really loved how you said, though, because it is my initial instinct to be like communicating between people of different cultures is quite challenging, you know, whether whether it be Latino or African-American, whatever it is, like yeah. I can see that. But I love how you're just rephrasing it of like it takes time to build this communication and to build this trust and trust. to build Absolutely. presence. Yeah, and, and a relationship. And yeah. And I, I'm reminded of something um, um, Spilly, a good friend of mine, has always said um, that when you think about personality differences, you know, the differences between us mm-hmm. in, in any group of people, mm-hmm. they are much greater than the differences between cultures. Mm. And I think that's something, you know, I, 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 that really stuck with me because something that we explore a lot in the sailing boats is the, our relationship with each other and ourselves and, and with nature and, and, um, 
and just how everybody's perspective can be so different mm. um, and how to navigate that as a, as a team of, um, you know, sailors or, or wh- however we're, we're functioning together. Pirates, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and um, all those skills in, you know, understanding each other. Um, oh, it's just, it's fundamental to what we do. I think mm. the sailing is just an excuse to get out there and explore this stuff. And, mm. and, and I just love the fact in a sailing boat, you've got all these different roles and different strengths and everybody's got a role in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no one's more important than the other. And um, that, that sense of um, being all in the same boat, is, yes. uh, yeah, uh, that's part of it for me. Oh my gosh, I love how we've already like sidetracked. <laughs> it's like, because I love this because I know you and I've built a relationship with you. Um, but for everyone who doesn't, what I love asking people in this podcast is, could you tell me how old you are and the stage of life you feel like you're in? Yeah, I am 49 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, hang on, I'm not 2021, 20, I'm 50. I turned 50 last year. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't play, place a lot of emphasis on birthdays mm. and things, um, although... Um, that's a pretty important one, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's a biggie, but I definitely agree. And as I tend to get older, I start to realise that age doesn't really matter. And I have these dreams sometimes of like, what if everyone just forgot? Yeah. What, it doesn't. What does it doesn't? It doesn't really matter. Sure. It's that thing of like, just meet me for me, who I am right now, and yeah. let's build a relationship from that. I think the reason why I ask the question is I guess just meeting people where they're at. And I think we do stereotype a lot of like, oh, well, you're this age, you must be doing this. Yeah. And so just trying to highlight that just because you're a certain age doesn't mean you're going through a certain phase in life. But it's a great question what the stage of life is because I mm. do see it as, um, you know, like it is now. It's a late afternoon of my life, um, mm. but I still feel like the day is young. Like I, <laughs> I don't um, feel like I need to sit down for a cup of tea yet. Um, yeah. There's still a lot of... Um, still a lot of stuff that I can do before sunset. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a beautiful afternoon and um, there's many options. You know, I feel like, um, uh, you know, my life has been really full mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I am feeling less and less like there's anything... Um, important to do you know I think the choices that are um, you know in front of me are all um, just wonderful and um, Mm. free yeah Mm. yeah so it's this combination almost of I'm hearing of having that optimism and that energy and that vibrance and also it's like you've done the tick the boxes, so there's less pressure on yourself to do those, and now there's this well, extra. Well, I think sense I've come to realise that the ticking the boxes isn't important. You know, yeah. I think that's that's one of the things that you as but you get older. But you've got that by ticking the boxes. Yeah, well, I don't know what boxes we've ticked really. Oh, yeah. like you've had kids, yeah. like you know. Oh, I've got a beautiful family and yeah. supportive community. We have and a house, and dogs, and, and yeah. yeah, that's right. No, there's there's lots of. Um, you have a business. You had a full time job. Like I feel yeah. like you've definitely ticked some boxes. Sure, but I. Uh, you know, uh, in terms of, yeah, I, I just love that. You know, I work a lot with teenagers mm. and I see the angst and the concern mm. with what other people think. 
and the whole, um, mm. you know, that, that sense of people judging and, and that's my bugbear about the education system is mm-hmm. the judgment, you know, the fact that we're grading kids on all sorts of um, arbitrary little, um, you know, competency-based things that actually have very little relation to how people function mm-hmm. in, in society and, and the sort of, uh, you know, e- even the focus on job roles and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. I... Um, what I see, the the collateral damage of that is um, young people feeling uh, really depressed and really anxious, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and I guess I've gone through that myself, and mm-hmm. I've uh, felt like that for a large part of my life, and and um, but not anymore. Mm. And and I think the older you get, the less you care about what other people think. <laughs> yeah, I think my mum hit menopause, and now she's just like. I don't give a fuck what you think, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. not to me, but just I see this liberation in her and I can see now that she's trying to hand down that that mentality to me and sometimes I'm like, yeah, but you've got an extra 20 years on me that you, you know, it's like I'm doing the best I can to get rid of it, but sometimes it is still a large part of our society and the way we train people yeah definitely choice of language but i definitely think we train people in one Mm -hmm. thing or another so yeah so Hmm. now we could talk about this the whole time but i really do believe there is power in people's stories and you're a very good deflector of like no you know he even got wade to do his story first and you know you're such a you really celebrate other people and i really want to celebrate you and i would love to hear of a journey that you've had out in nature that feels powerful to you. Yeah, thank you, T. And that's a lovely thing to say, and you're absolutely right. I don't like um, to look inwards that much um, uh, publicly anyway. Mm. And I think that's... um, But I'm definitely willing to share stories, and uh, particularly around um, experiences in nature. And I think that um, that is... um, a hard one to pin down because mm-hmm. I've had so many wonderful times and um, like pivotal, life-changing sort of you know uh, religious type experiences mm. in nature and and I think that's the um, probably a f- few of those might be worth um, trying to um, uh, bring forward in this little chat. Um, but in my deflection, I also like to kind of bring forward the. Um, the work that we are all doing to allow those experiences for young people because mm. I think the earlier we have those pivotal experiences, the, the richer our lives are. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm a great believer of that sort of rite of passage type adolescent experience mm. where um, you have a change in perspective by having a significant um, experience away from your comforts and your home, mm-hmm. familiar home environment. And... and um, and I guess that's what it was for me. My mine didn't really come very well um, in terms of we did an outward bound course when I was at school. Oh wow! Okay. And um, it was in the Northern Rivers in in yeah. your your area down there and um, Bundjalung country. And we had a, um, a very uh, um, uh, Standoffish uh, facilitation from teachers, and 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 that um, was really a Lord of the Flies experience. So I could pr- probably say, <laughs> okay. um, and you know, when you look back, these are the things that you remember. Yeah. And and I, um, 
anyway, I just remember shivering beside the Clarence River all night because I couldn't bear the thought of unpacking my sleeping bag and having to re-waterproof it. Wow. And so, you know, for several nights on the river, I would just shiver, shiver, shiver all night long. How old are you? Uh, 16. Okay. Yep, yep. And, and just the fear of having to deal with this really difficult task, which gave me the compassion in later years when I became mm. instructor running the same programs for the same school on the same river and understanding what young people were feeling, yeah. um, just how easy it is actually to be mentored and learn how to do things like that and, yeah. and, and, and be supported in a way um, that um, I think is more effective as an experience in nature. Mm. And so um, I guess that's been my focus all along, you know, um, yeah. in, in outdoor education, the, um, well, maybe talking about experiences in nature, I mean, most of my most powerful times I've actually just been a solo adventurer. Wow, and okay. And so, you know, under the stars, you know, on mountaintops or, yeah. um, you know, out at sea, just those times where you're absolutely um, in that flow state because you're mm. doing something like sailing across an ocean that is um, requiring your attention and, mm. and you sort of get lost in the, ta- in the, in the flow mm. of the, the thing. Um, and then it sort of hits you as you're, it's almost like the vo- molecules in your own body are vibrating with the rest mm. of the universe, you know, because you're actually um, doing, um, doing something that is at the same frequency. Mm, it's like the ultimate presence. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, you're so in harmony. There is no divide between where my mind is, where my body is, where my emotions are at, what's in the air. It's like I'm just one with it. In that moment, you you are one with it. Yeah, that's right. And I've experienced that in a few different environments in a few different ways. And it's it's always just, um, yeah, it really has rocked my world. And it's something that I, um, you know, it's the reason I do what I do because I think it's important to share it. It takes a lot to get to that point, though, to do anything solo. I mean, I don't know if that's just because I'm a woman, like a, a young woman in the world. Mm. Like, but to gain enough skills to be able to go and do something solo, there's a there's a lot that you background you've done to get to that point. Yeah. And then to make the choice once again to actually go out there solo. Like, there's so many choices and decisions that have to be made before you're actually in that flow state, and that to me is like half the journey itself. Yeah. But like. Could you tell us just one, just one of those solo stories, please? Sure. Well, I'll start by saying I think it's actually a little bit personality-driven too because Mm. um, some people find it, uh, I find it uplifting being by myself Mm. and and it recharges me. And I I find it, um, you you know, I can certainly do 10-day expeditions and things like that as part of our expedition community and right in there and everybody. uh, And... And I need to recover from from that sort of experience, yeah. as we all do. And I, so anyway, the the solo experience I think is not necessarily for everybody. Um, sometimes I I've had a few chats about this about this idea of introverted and extroverted, and sometimes yeah. I kind of call bullshit on it. Yeah. Oh, stay with me. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm with like you. this idea of I think I probably would have been probably been put in more of the extroverted category. But when I reflect back now, it's actually because I was just afraid of being by myself. And now that I've established a deeper relationship with myself, I love being by myself. And I I now have the ability to navigate feeling recharged when I'm by myself and when I'm with groups. Like, I don't think it has to be an either or kind of thing, but really celebrating that 
you know, Dare, if you're listening to this, that you have both of these two. And I sometimes I just feel like people use it as an excuse. Like, oh, no, I'm an introvert. I don't want to go yeah. out there and that group will get up on that stage. And it's like, well, sure. doesn't even a little part of you? Yeah. Or, oh, no, I'm too extroverted. I don't like being by myself. Where it's like, really? Because there's a lot that can be learnt when you I are agree. with yourself. I agree completely. And I love that thing, you know, it's about whether you're thinking about the, you know, the characteristics of the Zodiac or, you know, any sort of personality type thing <laughs> yeah. is our opportunity. You know, we have these certain strengths that are gifted to us mm. and it's a great place to be able to work from that, you know, from those strengths, you know, in our, in our, in our groups. Mm. And our challenge is to be the other, mm. you know, to grow, to be mm-hmm. able to function in any other situation, in any other way as well. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I, I hear you and I agree. It's, it shouldn't mm. be an excuse. No, and yeah. I, like, but I love, I guess, yeah, it's just we get to do both. Yeah. We yeah. live in such a fortunate country where we get to do both. Absolutely. So I'm celebrating that. Yeah. So tell me, I just want to hear one of your ones. <laughs> okay. Well. Paint me a picture, please, John. <laughs> um, probably one of the most, like, starlit experiences I've ever had was um, sailing to Indonesia. Mm. I hitchhiked up to Darwin and I had a lead, you know, one of the, guys that I uh, got a lift with told me a name of someone that was going to be in this race to Ambon and uh-huh. I turned up at the Darwin Sailing Club and uh, up at the bar was hundreds of yachties there all ready for the race and I just sidled up to the bar and this old fellow was there you know grizzly beard and and I said excuse me mate you wouldn't know John Francis would you Ken Francis that's all right okay Ken Francis and um he said why who's asking yeah (laughs) and it was ken and he rowed me out to his boat that night and you know it's a beautiful schooner and we ended up sailing through indonesia and um but on the passage on the way over there was a um uh a night where i was up on the helm by myself and um you know sailing through the night and the phosphorescence in the water was just sparkling Mm. it was like sailing through the universe because the the stars were above Mm. and I was for hours and hours. I was on the helm, just absolutely loving this experience of charging through the universe. And suddenly the dolphins came, oh, and it was just freaks of great cute oh. dolphins, just right leaping from the water and all around the boat. And you can just imagine, my heart was just overflowing, and I was just absolutely just feeling so connected. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was something that it's like when you get the trifecta almost of like feeling. I mean, that's what I love about sailing is, like, you're so connected to the water, to the air. Like, you have to be, basically, to stay, stay safe in a certain way. But then also, then, when you have that layer of animals interacting as well. So, you've got the stars, which yes. is beautiful, and the sea and the reflection. Yep. And then you're starting to get more of the microbiorism, which would be the the phosphorescence. And then when you have dolphins come in, and it's just like, we are all in this together. That's and right. it is fucking beautiful. Yeah, absolutely, Tegan. And I think the more experience we have in nature, the more we realise that synchronicity mm. and coincidence and all these things actually aren't a random thing. You know, mm. there, there is actually a flow to the universe and you know when you're in the flow and you, and you know when you're not. Mm-hmm. And the majority of the time we're not and that's just the reality of it. But mm. um, you know when you are. Yeah. And, uh, it feels like magic. Yeah. And, yeah. and I often like, I often feel like I want to cry and it's not crying from sadness. It's just happy tears of like, this is so beautiful. Yeah. Like I was down swimming in Yamba a few months ago and I just went into this little cove that I'd never been into before and I parked at the top and I actually saw there were a few dolphins in the cove and I was like oh my gosh and I had my free diving stuff so I just grabbed my fins and walked down there and 
like I like I don't want to approach the dolphins and be like hey I want to touch you but I wanted to be around them so I put on my fins the visibility was maybe 20 centimeters ridiculous <laughs> yep. um, and I went out there and I hung out with them for I reckon about half an hour they were just like playing around me right coming within about you, like yeah. yeah and I yep. was like this is so surreal there's a whole pod maybe of like 13 of them with their babies and and I was I was like, how do I remember this moment? Like, yeah. how do I've just got to remember how amazing this is and how this is actually happening and mm. and really also trying to regulate my nervous system and my body so I didn't push my energy onto them. Like, I wanted something from them. It was like just really trying to be in that moment. And I guess that's that state of flow happens when we're not attached as well, right? Like, when you're on that yeah. sailboat and you're just like, yeah. it's your moment. shift and you had kind of had to be there. You don't have yeah. any expectation of it. And then it's like the stars light up, then the ocean lights up, then the dolphins light up. And yep. it's like, I didn't expect any of this. Yep. And it's, yeah. Yeah. How do you show appreciation back when those things happen to you? Wow, that's a great question. I, I just revel in it. I just, um, you know, because I, you know, as I'm getting older and I don't feel 50, it feels strange to say that I'm 50 because mm. I don't feel that. But um. It's a bit like gardening, you know. It's one of my favourite pastimes is um, being at home with Yona and the girls and and um, and gardening and every little thing, you know, the the wind in the trees and the and the grasshoppers on the parsley and you know the things that are just um, absolutely beautiful mm. and um, yeah, I don't know how I show appreciation for that other than. Um, just appreciating it yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah absolutely giving thanks yeah. yeah and um and i mean i think a lot of what we do as outdoor educators is pay that forward you know we we in a sense it's showing appreciation for it by acknowledging what an effect it's had on us and then wanting to share that mm. and and um yeah that's a big big part of um i think for a lot of us why we why we keep on going out there it's not for our own personal needs as such i mean mm. my personal needs would probably be more to do more solo trips and it's been a long time actually since mm. i did a solo trip um yeah but um i don't Does it feel I, like you just have I don't feel like, now no i don't i don't feel like i need it i feel mm. fully topped up yeah mm. yeah yeah it's just interesting this idea of giving back the more i learn about indigenous culture it's because you're living so in harmony with the land like giving back is almost so you can feed and eat again like it's just this constant like respect piece yeah and then i wonder often of like how do i give back and sometimes i don't think i do because i haven't really been taught or there's a deepening way that i could do it you know sometimes i'll pick up rubbish and uh not hit a tree with my car or you know like when i could have i don't know if that's a silly yeah, example yeah. yep and just with our animals to really respect their space. And I still feel like there's a deeper, there's something more I could do. And I guess I see it in other religions maybe, you know, how they'll have like an altar and they'll give a little bit of their food to the little plate and that. But I just wonder how we could give back more. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, Yeah, I think there's so many ways that we can do that, you know, through... um, you know, planting trees and, you know, I, I just love gardening. I think building soil mm. is is building the future as much as it is, you know, working with young people and, and um, you know, mm. I, I uh, um, yeah. 
So it's like time and attention then, maybe? Like you're giving your attention to that soil and mm. really taking that extra effort to get yeah. to know it quite intimately. Well, some, well. Something also I think, you know, my partner has taught me uh, over the years, you know, I tend, like a lot of people, come from a place of, um, you know, sort of minimal impact. So, you're, you know, I've always um, um, been a little bit, um, uh, you know, denying some self stuff in that you know mm. just wanting to reduce my impact on the on, on the planet and that sort of thing and but in actual fact the biggest thing we can do is choose to um you know avoid the cheap stuff mm. you know not to be cheap about stuff to really um value mm. what we do and 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 pay attention to everything from our investments and our you know, um, purchases and our, mm. you know, like the, the actual quality and the and the future thinking mm. of of that rather than the what does this mean to me sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then just caring for the things that we already have, whether that be your raincoat or your car. Yeah. I definitely, that's something I've had to learn a lot more because I grew up in a culture where Kmart became very accessible very cheap very yeah. and it's just and it's so easy and you just did it and Absolutely. then you didn't even have to Aren't i don't even know where the rubbish culture. goes yeah i don't know yep. like i have to go out of my way to find out where my own rubbish goes i know um, i'm so guilty of that i i learn a lot also from um keith who released the slipway off and he recycles everything you know um there'll be just the other day, there was a mangled jockey wheel that had fallen down while the boat was being trailered, and yeah. it was absolutely mangled and you know ready for the bin. You yeah, know, you've got to get a new one. And he's like, "We can fix this," <laughs> and you know he'd spend all day on fixing something that yeah. is worth um, forty bucks. Yeah, and that's the attitude that um, mm. you know we can come back to. And it's the journey as well of yeah. being able to fix something, the giving it once again, the... giving it your attention, the skills you learnt, yeah. and but. We've just come out of this. I mean, we're still in it where things are so cheap to buy yeah. and you've already exchanged your time for this amount of money and usually the exchange isn't that great. So you've got no time left. You've got smaller amount of money. They've made it easy to buy it. Lots of things with little of money. Like, it's just easier that way. Like, yeah. you're already at capacity. Just go buy another container or another leg. But I would do a pre... I Actually, it frustrates me when I see people going, no, we can still fix it. Sometimes I'm like, why? <laughs> and then I'm flooded with gratitude of, yeah. yes, please show me how to do that because yeah. actually I've probably just hit the edge of I feel uncomfortable because I don't know how to fix anything. Yeah. I don't even know how to look after a car properly. And that's not a reflection on my parents. Mm. That's like, we're just, they're so accessible and then we're just given them and then we just drive them around. Yeah. And if I need to fix it, it goes to the mechanic. I don't know what they do. I have no idea. But there's no core yeah, anyways. So it's just interesting the things that we educate and have been educated upon. Yeah. And so with that, what do you do in the C school, the Blue Peter C school? What are the fundamentals that you really want to support educating? Well, just thinking about that example of driving car, like I value the different strengths. So in a community of people, there would be someone that actually enjoys servicing mm. cars. Mm -hmm. So thank you you know yes. that, that's such a great role because like I now. don't enjoy that I, yep. I well you know I, I, I actually do enjoy a little bit of that but I'm not um, not to that extent and mm. um, yeah just the just recognizing I, I think one thing that the Blue Peter brings or has evolved through the action learning that we've been doing you know yeah. we've sort of been doing this for a while now and um, what's come out of it has been this watch system where we have our different colours of the rainbow that mm -hmm. um, signify different areas of responsibility mm -hmm. on the boat um, but also organisationally and and just 
um, I think human humans have evolved with this diversity for a reason, mm-hmm. and that's so that we rely on mm-hmm. each other. So it would it would be a step backwards to say, oh, I want to learn how to grow plants and service mm. cars and 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 do all these things. I mean, that's a wonderful aim, and be self sufficient. Mm. But it, there's a loss. There's potentially a loss in that in, in the community of people. We we can we can have a, a degree of specialisation that actually helps us yeah. all function together. And mastery to yeah. have mastery over yes. something takes time and attention. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that was probably they pump us through school and then we go to university and we have a job and then you'd usually have that job for like 20, 30, 40 years and now that whole system has kind of gone AWOL. But the foundation, I guess, sometimes... Like, you shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I guess it, it would be a lovely system if you really got to establish what it is you'd love to do. Yeah. And then that was supported. And that everybody's strengths were being valued. And I think yeah. this is the big gap in our system at the moment is that the majority of kids that I come across, and I work in flexi schools and TAFE colleges and, you know, with uh, youth groups and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, the majority of kids haven't found that strength and haven't been mm-hmm. uh, encouraged in a way that that helps them to develop that. And mm-hmm. that's a big loss. Everybody feels like, oh, I don't fit that pigeonhole. Mm. There's something wrong there. with me, yeah. Like everyone has something. Mm, absolutely. Nobody is born without absolutely. the something. No, yeah, yeah. Like sometimes you just got to yep. dig a little bit deeper because it's been covered yeah. up a bit more. Yeah. yeah. I actually shared a post today from one of my um, teacher friends, Alex, who posted something about NAPLAN and just what... Uh, a narrow focused thing that's really, you know, um, limiting students in their in in their development because it's um, measuring a certain type of competence, you know, mm-hmm. and and yeah, we really are failing our kids by that, you know, that is the focus of education. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, hmm. anyway, oh we could no, talk you about totally time, like get out of the yeah. bubble and then look back and be like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, well, especially when you look at. You know, the year one students running around and being creative and having all these great ideas and able to do a lot of things. Mm. And then you go into looking at the year nine students walking around mm. with their heads bowed and feeling terrible about what they're doing and unsure about what... Uh, hang on. There's something wrong with that. I, I, I don't even mm. need to know the content of what they're learning. I can see the results. Yeah. yeah. And is that something that really drives you to keep going with the C-School? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's there's we've got to have real alternatives. Uh, I love working with the, the kids that are too cool for school and have got um, you know great opportunity because of their spirit and their, mm. their capability and their interest and willingness to learn. And um, yeah, it's not it's not for everybody, but mm-hmm. for the ones that connect with the sea, they need mm. to have that as a pathway. Mm. Yeah. And I love though about Blue Peter is that you've really cultivated, and we are talking about this before, like a community around it. It's not just you're running trips for school kids. You also run afternoons where people can go sailing. On the, and, I mean, there are these beautiful little wooden boats. It's ev- Everyone can do it. Like yeah, the dogs can absolutely. do it. Everyone is there. It doesn't matter absolutely. how old you are or how yep. skilled you are. Yep. I think that's the... Probably one of your biggest strengths and flaws is you just invite everyone. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter who you and are. And it's a so, great melting pot. Yeah, yeah we're a bit of a hodgepodge of people absolutely. half the time. Yeah. And that makes it fun. And I guess within that, it, there's a lot of permission given. Where it doesn't matter what you look like or what yep. you know. You just come along because yep. there's probably someone who knows a lot more than you and someone who knows a not, lot less than you. Yeah, absolutely. We're all learners and yeah. we're all teachers. And, yeah, and, and 
having such a um, such a mix of people means that it's actually a bit of a rocky ride, and mm. that's what sailing brings. Like that sailing, mm. along with horse riding, is one of those great activities that actually things are not going to go to plan. Mm. Like that's one thing you can mm. be sure of. You know, you can make all the plans you like. And it's you're going to have to be flexible, mm. and it's unlike anything else in that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse my cape turtle dove. You always know when people are calling Jono because <laughs> he has a beautiful bird as his little ringtone. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one of the metaphors definitely that I love within sailing is that in itself there's so much happening that you really want to be as present for and as possible. And there's so little you actually have control over. And even when you do have control over something, there's still limitations to it. Mm -hmm. Like there's the the boat has its own limitations. Like you heal too far, she'll tilt over. Like, and I love that though because it's real life consequences. I feel a lot of what the culture that I was brought up in, I didn't really have so many real life consequences. It becomes so comfortable that it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And to have that and to have it in a safe environment. Yeah. And at the same time, though, shit gets real. Like, I love that. Yeah. Like, I've been out in, you we know, we're in southeast Queensland out in the Morton Bay and a storm comes over and you can't see the other boats and one's capsized yeah. and you're all collecting everything. And yep. So there is, and I, that's what I love about white water as well, there's a part where you get so close yes. to your edge yes. that... It has an experience, and I mean that's why you know, like Wade does, like ultra adventures, or yeah. some people drive really fast in cars. There's yeah. this; it's a natural part of us, right, to kind of see how much further can I go. Well, I think it's a fast track to that flow experience. To mm. actually feeling that mm-hmm. that flow is actually to be at the edge of your capability mm. and to be a bit scared, and and that is when you're fully <laughs> focused and it happens. So yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting. Yeah, how we seek out those experiences totally and because you're going ways. to do it one yeah. way or another it's oh. going to happen so come and do That's it in right. a safe safe you can, environment you can take <laughs> drugs you can speed yes. cars you can you know t- um, cheat people you can yeah. do all these things that are exciting and fun or you can get in a little boat with a squall comes yeah. over and yeah, see how you go right. do actually do things that support people yeah 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 I love that. And how, if people want to join the Blue Peter Sailing School community, what is the best way for them to do that? Well, it's very local, really. It's it's for Brisbane folk. I mean, I, yep. I know you travel up from New Northern South Wales, and there's an yep. amazing group of uh, women that are coming up for the women's sailing yeah, uh, every month. Yeah, which started. Yep. Awesome. Um, yeah, which is a, this an initiative from from within our community of the of the mm-hmm. women like Em and Danny and yep. and Sal and others that have um, done that. Um, I think. Um, well, for anyone that hasn't heard about us, maybe looking at the website would be a good mm-hmm. start, mm-hmm. At bluepeteraustralia.com. Yep. And um, we just absolutely love to hear from people that are interested in getting involved because there's so many different ways. We just mm. had a working bee here today and mm-hmm. there were people coming to help to clean out the shed. Mm-hmm. We've got a slipway where we maintain boats and um, there's always uh, help to be done there. Mm. Um, and uh, on expedition, you know, we welcome people to come along as expedition helpers and trainee mm-hmm. skippers and mm-hmm. there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff as well. So... Mm. Um, and it's not all about Blue Peter either, you know. We'd like to partner with agencies like Sea Shepherd and all the youth agencies yep. that come to us and, and yeah, like anything. You know, there's the South Passage, Queensland's yeah. training ship. Um, there's lots of opportunities to get involved in really great work. Mm. Um, and, uh, and um, yeah, I like that idea of cross-pollinating, that we mm. can all help each other with that. Yeah, you know. collaboration, not competition. Yeah, definitely. There's Absolutely. there's no competition when it comes to uh, 
um, sharing these experiences. It's uh, there's unlimited um, people that that, yeah. that could benefit from it. Definitely, and I feel that like I'm lucky enough to know quite a few of the local businesses, like whether it, you know be southeast. Queensland here with like Blue Peter or it'll be you come on you know you come on a journey outdoors in nature trip and yes. you know and we're based out in northern New South Wales on the Clarence and the Nimboida River and then you've got Innes at Mount Barney and yep. like there are these amazing people who are still trying to get you to come and enjoy the things that they love yeah and I think what a beautiful opportunity now with the whole pandemic and we can't go overseas that yeah. we are kind of there's an invitation to explore our own backyard a little bit more and I think that if you're not only wanting to explore like a new place or a new environment, but also uh, to have a deeper feeling of community or learn something new about yourself or meet someone new or just try something new yeah. and you live in the area, like come along, reach out, send an email. That's Call right. Jono on his mobile and the little bird will yeah, go off. <laughs> absolutely. I'd love to, love to take calls because it's um, yeah. that sense of community really is what, um, what holds us all together because, um, uh, you know, that, that, that connection that we have, the, mm. the the you know sharing of ideas and and um, getting together to do things. Um, we're just waiting now for a boat to come back today. Um, there's uh, three people that have just been recently involved. You know they've they've heard about us and come along and um, have the skills to take the boats out independently. Mm -hmm. So we support them to go and get their have mm -hmm. their own adventures and experiences and build up their skills so that they can be skippers one day yeah you've and, just got the best toys oh it's pretty special yeah that's right <laughs> definitely uh, we're, we're very lucky and I guess that's one thing I do question you know like I um some of the significant experience I've had in nature I remember when I used to do solo walking down in Kosciuszko National Park I'd always um it's kind of like a mark of respect and I wasn't that aware of um, Aboriginal culture back then in mm. the way that I am now. I was certainly um, uh, tuned into it and, and looking out for signs and I was always um, getting feedback about it. Um, but I would always, you know, drop my pack and usually actually take all my clothes to summit a mountain and <laughs> I just love that absolute bare minimum <laughs> of, you know, uh, not not having technology and mm. equipment and all the trappings of oh great you know we're going to learn how to rock climb so let's yeah. all get all this gear you know it's kind of it's almost like this malaise of when you think oh great I'm going to take up scuba diving and and part of the fun of it is going out to get all your gear yeah and but that's that's not the point mm. and it's the same with sailing I, I like the simplicity of our boats um, but the reality is we've got a lot of gear here and um mm. yeah so that, you can come on one of the sailboats and then take off all your clothes and jump into the ocean <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> if you right at home. i yeah I, I definitely can relate to i've noticed myself now when i'm in a natural environment that i will take off all my clothes and i'll often find the nearest mud and just like <laughs> just rub myself in mud and yeah. just like sit there for a little bit yeah. just to really i guess once again connecting with the microbiome and just the environment around me yeah. and it's like Oh, this is so special, so intimate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's the experiences that we try to share on Blue Peter. It's actually not about the boats. It's not about all this gear that we've got mm -hmm. with us. The magic moments are when it's just you and the dugong or, you know, just, oh. just walking through the trees and you're lost in that moment of um, it's, you're, you're there in the forest mm. with, with, with nature. Or oh, mesmerised by the fire at night time that you just cooked on. Or, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, I love and, it. 
And so sailing is exciting and it's um, it's awesome because the metaphors, you know, and I, I could rave on about this forever, but I think it's a really powerful one about, you know, the, that the wind is uncontrollable, mm. you know, and that, that, that thought about, um, you know, despite all this stuff that we've got available to navigate it in actual fact, you know, a kid with a tarp and a, and a surfboard can be mm. f- feeling the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. you can choose now whether you're going to fight it or whether you're going to go with it, you mm-hmm. know, and there's, there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, that, that whole, um, um, yeah, decision-making and responsibility and, mm-hmm. and, um, and, uh, the complexity of, you know, your forward planning, which needs to change. And <laughs> yeah, I just, I think there's something in. Um, it feels real. Yeah, it feels alive. Yeah, like it just it's yeah. yeah you're so in it, and it's like you're learning by osmosis. Like all the decisions you're having to make, yep. it's you're strengthening those muscles that you can then take elsewhere. Yeah, I sent a little message this morning, just thinking actually that those are the little decisions that actually can change the course of history. You know, like that mm. that it, just like on a sailing passage. Um, mm. there's so much that we can't control, but by understanding the complexity of the situation, we can weave our way through it mm. in, a, in a way that we can actually move to windward or, mm. or we can catch the tide and go somewhere else um, that wasn't in the plan. Mm. And, you know, that's kind of what we need to do as society is be a little bit more attuned to actually what's going on rather than mm. just going, oh, no, you know, that was the plan. We must execute the yeah, plan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and... Oh, yeah, to actually read, reminder. actually <laughs> read the wind and go. No, actually, that's a really bad plan. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, think, <laughs> I feel like I'm just gonna listen to this podcast episode <laughs> over and over again just to remind myself as a morning mantra. <laughs> um, that yeah. Thank you for sharing those snippets, and I guess this is just like a little insight into what must go on around in your brain and your your whole life, your whole world. And if yeah, if you want a snippet of that and to join in and see what it's like, then yeah, go to the website, the BooPleaderAustralia.com website, um, or just come and look. Look, if you see any little sailboats down in Morton yeah, Bay, just come along come and, and say join hello. in. We're very welcoming. We'll Absolutely. bring you on board. <laughs> and I would love to know as we head out of this episode, your opinion of do you think we are nature? Yes, absolutely. Even the skyscrapers are like termite mounds. We are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even the the corporate criminals are part of nature. Okay. Yeah. Have you always had this opinion? I think Philosophy? so. I think so. I remember reading Al Gore's book in you know the um, late eighties or early nineties, and just thinking, yeah, that's that's right. You know, of course, um, mm. that perspective. Um, yeah, I think I've always had it. Mm. Uh, and I, I'm an eternal optimist. I think um, we've got <laughs> great capacity for change, mm. and um, and and self-awareness, and mm. everything that's required to navigate this next very tricky part mm. of our evolution. Yeah, I agree. It's it's interesting though that I've started asking that question on the podcast. I mean, I've probably been doing it on and off for like a year or more. And at first, it seemed like a genuine, interesting question to me. And now at the end, I'm like, well, duh. Like, it seems <laughs> silly, but I still have to remain open that other people still don't see oh, that. Absolutely. And also, I love when people are so convicted. Like, we said it with such conviction. Even you were like, yeah, <laughs> of course. It's like, well, how did you get there? Um, so it's nice to yeah. hear how no. different people get there. So mm. 
Thank you so much for sharing your stories and oh, little snippets. Thank you, and Tegan. It's so good to see you. Yeah. Um, and if yeah, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to share your story too, or if you'd also like to reach out um, with any questions or any information or anything, just reach out. Um, and always head to the journeyoutdoorsinnature.com.au website to see if there's any ventures you could join with. Yeah, so on. until next time, have fun, adventurers.